Shalom, and welcome to Via Hafta Yisrael, a Hebrew phrase which means you shall love Israel. We hope you'll stay with us for the next 30 minutes as our teacher, Dr. Baruch, shares his expository teaching from the Bible. Dr. Baruch is the senior lecturer at the Zera Avraham Institute based in Israel. Although all courses are taught in Hebrew at the Institute, Dr. Baruch is pleased to share this weekly address in English. To find out more about our work in Israel, please visit us on the web at loveisrael.org. That's one word, loveisrael.org. Now, here's Baruch with today's lesson. Is it reasonable to believe that Yeshua, and I'm speaking about Jesus of Nazareth, that he is the Messiah, that he is the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings, and that he is going to rule over the kingdom of Father God? And the answer to all of these questions is, it is most reasonable. In fact, it is a requirement if you are going to be found pleasing to God. And we're going to be looking at a psalm. And this psalm is known as a messianic psalm. Now, some messianic psalms just have a verse here or there that relates to something that points to the identity of Messiah or the work of Messiah. But this psalm, Psalm 110, is a psalm that deals extensively with Yeshua, who he is, and what he's going to do and his work ultimately is going to establish a kingdom not just any kingdom but a kingdom that will have no end and this is the kingdom of his heavenly father we know for example in the book of daniel chapter 7 that there is a day where messiah is going to inherit all things from his heavenly father to the extent that all people, all nations, all tribes, all languages are going to worship him. And therefore, we see clearly that that verse of scripture from Daniel chapter 7, and there's many more like it, point to the divinity of Messiah. And clearly, David in this psalm believed in the divinity of Messiah. Well, with that said, take out your Bible and look with me to the book of Psalms and Psalm 110. Now, it begins in the first verse with a a revelation. And that revelation concerns who it is that wrote this psalm. And we don't have to guess. All we have to do is read it where it says, Le David Mizmor, which means of david or by david a psalm so we can have full assurance it is david king david that is the author of this psalm and of course he wrote many psalms but this one he also wrote and the purpose of this psalm is to reveal to us messianic truth and messiah that word relates to a kingdom and the king And this is what David is giving us here, information about the establishment of the kingdom of God and who's going to establish it and how we should relate to him. And David's going to tell us how we should relate to him immediately. Look at verse 1 again. Of David a psalm, and then we have the phrase, Neum Hashem. 
Hashem is that sacred name of God, those four letters, yud Hey vav Hey. It speaks about the God who was, is, and will be. This is the name of the Lord that is the most respectful way to address God. So much so that today, outside of the temple, and because there is no temple, this word is not used. We do not enunciate it, but rather we substitute the phrase Adonai. But literally, this is a word where we get the term Yehovah, Jehovah God. And we see here that that speaks about a verb. The verb is lihiot, to be. And when we look at this, these four letters, yud he vav it has characteristics of that verb, which means to be. That is in the past, he was. In the future, hove, he is. And yihie, which means he will be. And it's that knowledge of the verb that it's derived from that tells us that it cannot be Yahweh. That's not the proper way to enunciate this term. But rather it is that phrase that is best enunciated with the phrase Yehovah. Now look on, it says, the Lord has declared to, and here's what's so significant. David is speaking and he says, my lord now that term for my lord is the term adoni the term adon can mean lord or master so when one uses it it speaks about being submissive to be humble in the presence of another so david is relating to someone as his master and it's interesting because here it says the lord and we're talking about Father God, said to my master, and now we're talking about Messiah. So God the Father spoke to God the Son, and what did he say? Sit at my right side until I place your enemies as your footstool, meaning that you rule over. Now, what's important is this. When we look at this, we have God the Father declaring, and that term neum is a term of promise, almost without exception. When we see that word neum, it speaks about something that is good that God has promised to do for his people. And here it is telling Messiah, you wait because you are going to as we see inherit all things you are going to take leadership and rule over this creation so he says sit at my right hand until i place your enemies and we'll talk about who those enemies are in a moment as your footstool under your feet And this is an idiom for ruling over them, having them in perfect, perfect uh, subjection that Messiah is conquering them. Verse 2. Now, the next word we see is the Hebrew word mate, which probably is translated as a rod or a staff. The next word is the word 
uska, which is power. So the rod of your power or the staff of your power. Now, when we look at many of the commentators from the position of Judaism, they suggest another word to help us understand this. And this is a word, sharbit, which is the word for scepter. So a king sits upon his throne and he has in his hand that scepter, which points to his position, his authority, his power, and his rule through his word. And this is what Messiah is going to have. We know that from another Messianic prophecy, this time from the book of, of Genesis, chapter 49 and verse, verse 10, which speaks about that he is going to be the one who legislates all things. And that rule, that scepter, is not going to depart from him. So he is going to establish the rule of God and he is going to rule with that mighty scepter, that rod of, of iron over, over all. Look again at verse 2. The staff of your power, the Lord will send forth from Zion. Zion, Sion. It's a kingdom term. So Messiah is going to rule, and the implication is, it's going to go forth over Zion that he is going to for the purpose of establishing zion and again zion speaks about the excellent kingdom of god why do i say excellent because that word sion comes from a hebrew word which means to mark to put an x to to signal it out in a unique way but that word also is not just being signaled out in any way but that same word sion when we make it a different noun or an adjective, it's the word metsuyan, which means marked but marked for excellency. And that's what is going to be established, a kingdom of excellence, excellency. And he is going to rule over that kingdom and establish it because of that rod, that scepter of power that is going to go forth for the purpose of establishing Zion. And then it says, Rade, this is a word for ruling. It's a word for bringing others under your submissive rule. So you will rule in the midst of your enemies. Meaning this, Messiah is going to be the one that assumes leadership over this creation. And this creation is going to be transformed with his coming into a kingdom of glory realize something even in the millennial kingdom there's going to be difference what difference well it says for example in the book of zechariah in chapter 14 that at the time of evening when we would expect it to be dark there's going to be a unique light that is manifested also we see in that same place that there's going to be a change in the seasons and what i mean by that is that god is going to provide blessing now scripturally we see that there is and we'll notice this in a moment as well there's a connection between the concept of blessing and water 
oftentimes rain or water from a brook or a river this is relating to blessing and what god is saying is this in his kingdom there is going to be a continuation not just in the rainy season but all time there will be that that flow of water as it says in the book of deuteronomy that there's going to be rain in its season and what do the scholars mean at nighttime that there's going to be that rain coming nightly that gives drink to his creation so it's a an an image of god's faithful and proper provision in order that we experience his blessing so he's going to do that rule over the enemies perfectly and what should be our response we'll now look at verse 3 we have an important word here it says your people ne devote ne devote is a word that speaks about being generous or it also is derived from a word which means to volunteer to give of yourself to give of your resources in a generous way so holding nothing back and what it says here is that your people are going to be generous they are going to volunteer in the day and then we have the word chelecha, which is a word of some bibles will say power but i would suggest to you that this word is is related to military power and it can be related to war so in the day that messiah wars against his enemies to bring them under his rule to bring them under his feet it says that we're going to want to participate in that we're going to want to be generous and give everything that we have to to support that now the question is this does he need anything from us no he does not but the attitude is what's being being emphasized that we're going to want to generously participate in the establishment of the kingdom and what does this show well if you look at some of the scholars they will speak about this generosity this willingness to volunteer because it depicts a commitment to or a a participation in what god's up to that we want to join with him and then it speaks about in the midst of of this battle in fact it says here in the the uh modern translation of this phrase it says in the day that you will gather up your army for war and what's going to be the outcome of that well notice how this this scripture uh uh ends it says behadre kodesh and this is in the splendor of holiness now i say frequently that holiness is related to the purpose of god and god's purpose is going to bring about that which is splendid that which is glorious that which manifests the the glory of god to and in this creation so there's coming a change where the splendor of god is going to fill his creation and what we're talking about is the kingdom of god 
and then notice how david wraps up this verse where he speaks about rechem. the word rechem is derived from a word which means uh, mercy but it's also related to a womb and most scholars see this relating to from the womb and the implication is the womb of your mother and then we have the dawn from dawn and this is an idiom most scholars see from the beginning of your days what's it speaking about it's speaking about the fact that from the very beginning of time messiah was committed to this objective bringing about a kingdom reality that's why the first message that messiah said ever was repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand get ready for this wonderful transition out of this world a world of darkness a world of sin a world of suffering it's going to be transformed into that which is glorious and that which is going to have given to us regularly consistently the blessings of god and notice when it speaks about him going forth from the womb as the dawn the beginning notice how it ends to you is the dew of your youth now this word youth can mean childhood and the idea here is this dew brings about a a rejuvenating we in israel because in the summertime there is no rain it stops raining in the late spring and it doesn't begin until the late fall so plants and animals in order to get their liquid the moisture that their body needs the dew is a very important aspect it is seen as well as a blessing it's that which rejuvenizes and notice what it says here your youth meaning god is going to move and bring about things as they were always intended to be from the going forth of one into this world from the womb also from the childhood youth all that power all that expectation all that hope is going to be realized in the kingdom of god there's going to be no lazy people you know when we get elderly we get more sluggish we have a different thought we see things differently it's a very different perspective and ability we are wearing out but the kingdom of god is going to bring about a rejuvenating to the people of god where we're going to have that excitement that we had as a youth a zeal for life where we were when we were child that expectation all of that is going to come back and and here's the good news it is going to be fulfilled now how is it going to be fulfilled we'll move on to the next verse verse four it says the lord has sworn so he's made a declaration in in verse one and that declaration has come in the form of an oath god has sworn the lord has sworn and lo yinachem which means the word literally comes from a, a phrase which means to be comforted and that comfort involves a change 
So when it says he won't be comforted, meaning nothing's going to bring about a change. He is not going to change what he has promised, what he has taken an oath in regard to. That promise, that oath, that that swearing that he has made as a declaration, he is not going to regret it. He's not going to change it. It's not going to be done away with. Rather, it's going to be fulfilled. And what has he said? He says, Ata, which means you. And who's he speaking about? He's speaking about Messiah. This one who is the master of, of King David. The one whom King David was looking forward to. The one that he knew that would come from his loins, from the house of David. He says, and you, speaking of Messiah, you are a priest, a Kohen. Now, that word Kohen, we translated priests, but it's simply a, a synonym for the word servant. A priest serves. He has a call. He has a role, but he is a servant. And it says here, you are priests, le'olam, which means forever. But that word olam, can also relate to a kingdom reality. So when he says here, you are a priest forever, we could rightly understand that in this way. You are the priest for the kingdom, for eternity, and eternity is the kingdom of God. That kingdom is not going to have any ending. It is everlasting. And Messiah is the servant, meaning he's the one that's going to establish it, bring it about. And then we have a unique phrase, al-divrati, which means of the order of who? Malkisedek. Now, Malkisedek, Malkisedek, as it's usually pronounced in English, we're talking about two words, Malkisedek, which means my righteous king. And that word righteous is a kingdom word meaning this. The concept of righteousness in the best sense is a kingdom experience. The kingdom that Messiah is going to establish is a kingdom of righteousness. How do we know that? Well, read sometime what it says in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 6 and verse 30, I think 33, if I'm not mistaken, where it says, seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness. It is a kingdom of righteousness and it's not surprising to us that the king would be known the king my righteous king then he says look at verse 5 there's a change going back to verse 1 where it says the lord has declared to my master remember what that is adoni but here it's a change he says adonai and this points to a change. Not a change in identity, but a change in perception. We're going to realize that the master of David, his Lord, is indeed Adonai, meaning the Lord God Almighty. And he says, Adonai is upon your right hand. And what does that mean? That is a place of preference. It is a place of power it is a place of authority and what is he going to do 
<coughs> Messiah, excuse me, is going to, we have the word, machatz. Machatz here is a word in this context for breaking. And it's to break in a way that can never be repaired. And what's going to be the source of this breaking? Well, it says in the day of his wrath, he is going to break with his wrath. Who? Kings. What kings? The kings of this world. All those who have power and authority, they are not going to have any power or an authority in the kingdom of God. It is just going to be Yeshua. It's just going to be Messiah. He's the king. And the father, he rejoices in that. See, according to Jewish custom, it was a joyful day when the father, and we see this, for example, in the parable of the prodigal son, where he says, Dad, give to me the portion of the inheritance that falls to me. And this was something that was very commonly done. That the father, not when he died, but when he could enjoy it, he would transfer all, all that he has to his sons. And in this case, there's only one son, and that is Yeshua. He is going to receive everything, and he is going to be a perfect steward, that is a perfect manager of all the resources of God. And he is going to establish that kingdom. And in doing so, through his wrath, his anger, and the day of his anger, he is going to break all the other kings. There's going to be no other kings, only him. Verse 6. And what is he going to do? It is a day of judgment. Why? We must put things in order. And it's God's judgment that establishes the order of God, the rule of God. And it says, Yadin Bagoim, he will judge among nations. And because he's going to do so with his wrath, with his anger, we have the term Malay Giviot. Giviot are our corpses, carcasses. And what we have here is that it is going to be full. He is going to make a full measure of, of dead, dead ones. Why? Dead in the Bible is related to sin. All these ones who are walking in their will, let me say that a different way, all those who are walking in sin, he is going to bring upon them judgment. And that judgment is going to bring about their death. He is going to break the head of, of all, all, and the implication is the ones who are over many lands. All those who rule different places that have much land under their authority, Messiah is going to break. He's going to cause them no longer to exist. And then what is he going to do? Well, let's look at our last verse and we'll wrap up. It says here, Mi Nachal. From and a nachal is related to a word if it's in the feminine instead of the masculine, instead of nachal, nachala, it's an inheritance. But when it's in the masculine, as it is here, it's speaking about a river, a river that is flowing. And the idea here, we talked about this, and I made mention of this, that water is a blessing. And the idea here is a nachal, is a dry riverbed 
only at certain times in the rainy season it is full and what it says here at that appropriate time in the right time what's going to happen from that river that mostly is dry empty but not now it is going to be full there's a time of blessing so on the way meaning on the way from victory having defeated the enemy what is he going to do he is going to drink drink from the brook of upon the way he is going to and it's an image of blessing he is going to receive the blessing and what is he going to do with that notice how our psalm concludes how can therefore he will lift up the head what is that this is an acknowledgement when it speaks about and there's several places in the scripture that it does this when it speaks about god being a lifter of the head two things are being said here first is god lifting the head is is conveying encouragement if you have a kingdom hope and the only way to have a kingdom hope a true kingdom hope is through the gospel receiving that putting your faith in messiah yeshua jesus christ when you do that you will be born again into the family of god and you will have for assurance you will have with assurance that kingdom hope and therefore he says he is going to encourage you and this lifter up the head has to do with acknowledging god is going to acknowledge you that's the promise he is going to acknowledge you as belonging to him and being a member of his kingdom that he's established so this psalm good news about the messiah the one who is king the one who is going to establish a kingdom of blessing a kingdom of encouragement a kingdom of provision whereby we will inherit and here's the key we will inherit the promises of god we began with the question is it reasonable to believe that yeshua is the lord and messiah well the fact of the matter is it's unreasonable not to believe that because the word of god in so many different ways confirms over and over and over that he is the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. Until next time, Shalom. Well, we hope you will benefit from today's message and share it with others. Please plan to join us each week at this time and on this channel for our broadcast of loveisrael.org. Again, to find out more about us, please visit our website, loveisrael.org. There you will find articles and numerous other lectures by Baruch. These teachings are in video form. You may download them or watch them in streaming video. Until next week, may the Lord bless you in our Messiah Yeshua, that is, Jesus, as you walk with Him. Shalom from Israel.